Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Heyo, it is I, Jeff Dwoskin, your host of Classic Conversations and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? Glad you asked. Crossing the Streams answers the universal question. I just finished binge watching something and I got to binge watch something else. What should I binge watch? Well, you've come to the right place. We've got your back. On our YouTube channel, we have over 100 hours, 100 episodes of Crossing the Streams for you to enjoy. But you're in luck because this podcast feed sends segments from that live show right to your ears. You don't have to leave anywhere. I'm enjoying the podcast. Boom. TV binge watching suggestions. And this is our Christmas episode. We have Green Book, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Edition, and Falling for Christmas. We're going to kick things off with Green Book, Bob Phillips' favorite Christmas movie. Take it away, Bob. Now, if you know Bob Phillips, then you know that he (laughs) believes Green Book is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And I am looking forward to him talking all (laughs) about it. I, you know, I saw this movie back in 18. And I don't know if you knew this, but this won Best Picture in 2019. I do remember that. And I and and I went back and rewatched it and had forgotten all about that. And I remember the um, they took a lot. The Academy took a lot of heat because they thought that it was sort of a formulaic kind of movie, and that was you know they they played a little loose with um, you know some of the uh, darker racist undertones that were going on during that time, but. It's a movie and it's it had a lot of great stuff going on in it. I mean, the, it's a true story. Viggo Mortensen plays Frank Vallelonga, actually a Tony Lip, he calls himself. And uh, Mahershala Ali plays Don Shirley, a world-class pianist who is uh, going literally into the deep south during November and December to do a tour. You know, the whole thing is, uh, is fraught with these these sort of uh, dichotomies where he's being asked to come down there and play because this the white society wants to see him, but he's not allowed to use a bathroom or eat with them in their country club, right? Now, that gets its title from an actual book. It was called The Green Book. The, la- the guy's last name was Green, and he wrote it for like three decades, and it was for African-Americans to navigate the South to figure out where they could eat, where it would be safe, where they could, which motels and hotels would have them, right? So Frank is uh, is an enfor- he's, a, he's he's a bouncer at uh, literally at, at the Copacabana in the Bronx, and he gets asked to accompany Don Shirley into the deepest, most dangerous parts of the South to to help him along this tour and be his uh, his driver and his protector. Well, as you would guess, there's all kinds of um, comedy that goes on between Don Shirley, who's very repressed and very uh, uh, talented and very, uh, I don't know what else the word would be here, uh, kind of up to, uptight. And uh, here's Tony Lip. He's smoking. He's eating donuts while he's driving. And, you know, he's uh, it's Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, you know. And it's it, so so there's a lot of that going on. And then there's the real stuff where they have to go and find a place to stay. 
and they don't know. It's not in the green book or, the, you know, they're told they can't stay. Uh, they, you know, there's um, moments where they were uh, surely has to go to this country club. He's not allowed to eat there. So Tony Lip says, well, you're not going to stay. Come with me. And they go to another joint down the street, have a great time. Don Shirley starts playing boogie woogie piano and, you know, kind of finding himself again. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, little side stories where they help each other, you know, become better men. And that's that's uh, that, that's a great part of the movie. Now, why is it a Christmas movie? Because it ends on Christmas Eve. That's why. And the whole point to the, uh, you know, the second half of this movie is to do what he has to do. And Tony has to protect him while he's doing what he has to do. And they got to get home by Christmas Eve. So there are a number of very uncomfortable, very awful things that happened to Don Shirley. He gets arrested, actually, uh, and has the phone number to uh, Bobby Kennedy to get him out of jail. This was uh, an actual thing that happened. Wow. And uh, he didn't do anything wrong. He... Uh, uh, Don Shirley was gay and he met a man and they, you know, decided to hang out. Somebody saw them, called the cops, got thrown in jail, all that horridness. So the I'm not going to give too much of the movie away uh, because there's a like I said, there's a lot of little subplots. Uh, one of the things is that uh, Tony Lip's wife is uh, she loves him. She does, but she doesn't expect a lot from him in terms of romance and subtlety. Well, Don Shirley helps Tony write letters back home to her that, you know, that are romantic and uh, and gets her swooning. And she figures out early on, it's not him writing the letters. He's getting help, but she loves the fact that this is going on. So the, the Christmas part, I'm, I won't tell you how it ends, but it ends beautifully. It ends beautifully, despite the fact that Sebastian Maniscalco is overacting and mm. chewing the scenery like a goat. But uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful depiction. Uh, it's kind of a scary depiction sometimes in this movie of what happened. People who are just trying to get something to eat, just find a place to Back stay time. for the night. So I don't know. I don't know. How do I how do I wrap this up? Well, if, if I, I could if I can interject, yeah. saying I agree, it's a fantastic movie. I love the. I like the way of, you think. I love the evolution of both characters. How they they're in, they totally hate each other, resent each other. So much anger and yeah. frustration, and like uh, they're ignoring how each side. Like I look, I love Tony and his whole character in the beginning, where he's like, "It's not going to be that bad. We're just going to drive. We're going to stop someplace. We're going to do some things. Whatever." Yeah. And then he realizes throughout the yeah. whole movie, he's like, oh, shit, this is rough. Like, yeah. And he starts getting more on his side and then the other actor gets more on his side. It's it's a very beautiful coming of ages, yin and yang, where totally separate. They come together in the end. It's uh, it's a great movie. I, I thought it was, too. And I thought it deserved the Academy Award that one of the criticisms leveled against it was that it uh, it kind of sugarcoated but, uh, things. But I don't think it did at all. I think that they were trying to maintain a certain tone to the movie. And yeah. um you know, they, it was, the, oh, it's such a simplistic ending. Well, that's what happened. That's what happened in real life. So sometimes we can get so jaded, I think, that even when they're showing real things that actually happen, we're like, no way did that happen. Yeah. But it ends on now Christmas Eve. Now are you going to watch that on, on Christmas? Or is that like a December 18th? Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I've, I've watched it many times. Uh, okay. I could watch it on Christmas. I like it. Yeah. All right, cool. So it has a 77%. Rotten Tomatoes, but a ninety-one percent audience score on there Rotten Tomatoes. So you got to listen. You got to listen to Rotten Tomatoes. They're never wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the jaded critics. And so uh, yeah. a movie like Green Book, you could probably be kind of you know, it doesn't have any fan base either way. <laughs>
Very cool. All right. All right. That was Green Book from live episode 98. Thank you, Bob Phillips of the Sal and Bob Show. And now we're going to turn our attention to episode 97 of Crossing the Streams. Talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Mick Manhattan of the Scene Snobs is going to back me up on this one. Take it away, guys. Let's keep with the holiday theme. I'll go next. Uh, We'll do the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mick, have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) So the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is just a little reminder first that James Gunn makes the greatest comic book anything that you can watch and that we should all watch this and think wow we should be we're thankful that we get one more guardians movie and then be happy for dc that they're gonna probably within three years be doing better than marvel making some of the greatest movies ever (laughs) under the under the guidance of james gunn i'm just a big fan of the guardians movie the very first one is by far i think one of my favorite marvel movies Ever. It reminded me a lot of kind of Indiana Jones and, and that and just the characters. I loved it because I didn't know the characters either. And it was just I find the humor of this band of characters to be really, really great. Guardians 2 wasn't my favorite movie. It's not the worst movie ever. I don't think it lived up to my expectations of the first one. But the first one is, you know, I Chris, I became all in on Chris Pratt. I was I'm not as into Chris Pratt as I used to be into Chris Pratt, but uh, at the time he was given, he gave me like the Harrison Ford vibes of when we were younger and we would watch mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones or Han Solo. Like, like to me, like that was, that was Chris Pratt and guardians of the galaxy. So guardians of the galaxy holiday special also kind of harkens back, I think to another time when there used to be holiday specials, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, Paul uh, Lynn's Halloween special, the, chief among them yeah and they and you know there's an infamous star wars one which goes unspoke but uh but i mean there was a time where holiday specials were a thing and so i think this kind of harkens back this is canon it is in line with everything it's only 42 minutes Hmm. and it's just 42 minutes of uh really goodness i think it's got uh (laughs) most of the main cast it's got all the your favorites you got obviously gamora's not in it because in the in the timeline She's not not there right now, but it's got Star-Lord, Drax, Rocket, Mantis, and Groot. Groot's kind of in a, um, what is it, what would you say, a high school-ish age at this point? Yeah, he's, he's, I'd say, yeah, late adolescence probably. Yeah, so I think the, um, the main plot of this is that the Guardians of the Galaxy, they've purchased nowhere from the Collector. And then Cosmo, the space dog, is he, he made... He was in the Guardians movies. He's he's now a little side character here. And Christmas is approaching. Now, obviously, this is not Earth, so they don't celebrate Christmas. But Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, is from Earth, right? So he was adopted nine-ish. You know, so he Christmas is a, is a thing for him and, and a memory from him. And so uh, Craglin is telling the story. And it's it was really clever how they did the story. They did the story in a flashback. And the flashback was a cartoon. And so they uh, actually were then able to bring Michael Rooker back in <laughs> uh, as his character, Yondo. And so the end, uh, and it was like, oh, you know, Christmas is ruined. So the legend is that he ruined Christmas for a young, uh, young Star-Lord, young Peter. And so Mantis and Drax, and they want to 
make a really good Christmas for Peter. You know, so it's just got that normal, you know, well, hey, let's save Christmas. Let's let's <laughs> give him, let's let his, you know, in his heart, Christmas was ruined and let's make it something that he can. And there's a funny song that they're singing because they don't really know what Christmas is. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And, uh, and so what the music saying? in Grandma this is... got ran over by a reindeer or something? No, no, but close. <laughs> uh, probably a good new version of that, but I, I really like that. So um, Mantis and Drax, uh, Barista. David Barista, by the way, I think goes down as one of only three wrestlers that I can think of that... I can watch anytime they're on screen. Peter, Peter, um, what's his name? Uh, Peacemaker. Oh, uh, John Cena. Of oh, John Cena. That's why I got it wrong. John Cena, <laughs> uh, Dwayne Johnson, and him. Um, Peter the Peacemaker. Yeah, and uh, Dave uh, Batista is hilarious. I find the Drax character really funny. He plays it so well. Anyway, so him and Mantis go down to Earth. And they're going to retrieve Quill's childhood hero, Kevin Bacon, who, as you know, from the original movies, all he talked about was Kevin Bacon because he was a child and and that it imprinted on him. And so they kidnap Kevin Bacon. <laughs> who must have, I mean, I can't even imagine how happy Kevin Bacon must have got been the day that call came in. Yeah. Hey, would you like to be in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? And the, and so. They kidnap him on Earth, and it's just, it's so funny. And then they bring him back, and, you know, he wants to escape, and then he realizes that he's going to help Peter. You know, there's that, that just that, um, that always, you know, that scene where he's like, honey, I'm, I'm going to be a little late, you know, because he realizes he has to fulfill the Christmas destiny that has been placed upon him. And so, yeah, I mean, so there's, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't want to give the rest of it away. There's a couple reveals i think for the mcu that they do in it uh which i won't give away but it's only like 42 43 44 minutes something like that it's really short it goes quick it it didn't feel like any of it was wasted it was just like real punchy real fun humorous there's like this running joke about actors being assholes or something and uh and so all the characters are great and you know they do a couple of things where i've seen some a chatter online uh, some of the the little things that they do, I won't even. Uh, you'll have to go watch it. You'll, you'll know with um, with Rocket and stuff like that. But it was really fun. I I say definitely check this out. This is on um, it's on Disney Plus, and it's well worth the, the investment of time, especially if you like the Guardians. It totally is in line, totally with the feel for that show and everything about it. So, what did you think, Mick? I loved it. I thought they did a great job, but guardians has never missed in my opinion. They, I think they're, they were, I, I think the most they've ever missed was the Thor love and thunder. It was just kind of like, it, it just seemed a little different because it wasn't James Gunn, but they, I mean, for a holiday special, it's fun. It's got everything you need. And you know, it's, it's a cool little Christmas tale to watch every yeah, year. Totally. So the, the production values, is it, I mean, is it keep up with the, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent special effect, everything. Okay. hundred percent. All right, so they're not they're not doing it for just a camp cheap little thing. They they put some money and time into this, is what uh, you're saying. Yeah, I think he put a lot of time into it. I think he came up with the idea when he was filming Guardians Two, okay. and then, so it's it was definitely something that James Gunn wanted to do. It wasn't like something that they hired him to do, and he had to contractually do it, hmm. and everyone had to contractually do it. I think 
I will say to that though, it did feel like when they're walking around nowhere and like looking things up, it it did feel like a set, but it it fit the Christmas like almost like the Star Wars special. Like you know, they're on a set. That's not the same production value as uh, Star Wars, but it felt more like it made it feel more like a Christmas special. Okay, like but it, it looked great. Everything looked great. In it. Yeah, you you'll like if you like Guardians, you you'll love yeah, this. I do and like Guardians, especially like in Kevin Bacon. It's it's really fun. It's a lot of lot a lot of fun. And- All right, that was Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special from Episode ninety seven. All right, we're gonna wrap things up the only way we know how with Sal D'Amelio and a Christmas rom com falling for Christmas. Take it away, Sal. Real quick, I just want to say, uh, if you want to buy any of these long term, I was just looking through iTunes bundles that are every once in a while a great value, you know, like buy all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies for one special price on iTunes. They had a Hallmark Christmas eight movie bundle sale. You should check that out. Oh, nice. You could have them permanently. I, oh, might, so have, I might have to do that. Falling for Christmas, the Lindsay Lohan return <laughs> classic. <laughs> so, Sue, so you're in for a treat. Sal. I don't I don't know why, I don't know how, but he's this guy is into rom-coms. If you looked at him, I'm guessing you would have lost the bet. But uh <laughs> but he digs them and so we're doing it. Sale. They're fun to watch. I it's tough to review these movies because the plots are so similar in all of them. <laughs> So it's tough to, but you know what? I'm going to say something about this one. This one oh boy. is is not bad. Lindsay Lohan actually does a really good job. I, I don't even know. I think it might even be her first movie back from her hiatus or whatever. Little tidbit on this. She was uh, proposed to by her new husband on the set during mm-hmm. filming. So luckily she said yes, or that movie might have been a disaster. But uh, so that's a little... A uh, little backstory on that. Basically, it's a Netflix Christmas rom-com movie. One of my favorite people is in this movie, Jack Wagner, because he's a hell of a golfer. <laughs> and he plays uh, Lindsay Ho- Lohan's father. Uh, she is a Harris to him. He's a, a millionaire hotel guy, and he owns a ski resort outside of Utah called the Belmont. And there's another kind of lower-class resort down the down the street that another gentleman runs. And in one of the opening scenes, Lizzie Lohan is just getting pampered and she's eating caviar and they're just, she's just an uppity kind of girl. This guy comes over to pitch his idea of, of Jack Wagner's character investing in his resort. He kind of blows him off and that's kind of an opening scene. Lindsay Lohan's love interest in this movie is played by uh, George Young. His name is Tad. And he's kind of like the goofy boyfriend that you know they're not going to end up together at the end of the movie. You kind of see it coming, right? They're just not compatible with each other, but he's rich, she's rich, and you know that's how it goes. So one day they go to the ski resort, uh, Lindsay Lohan and her boyfriend, they go skiing and <laughs> she hits a uh, she hits like a tree uh, while they're skiing and she just has amnesia. She has no idea who she is. Yeah, it's, it's 20 minutes by the time to remind her she was in Love Bug. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> So now she has amnesia, which is funny because this is like this small Utah town where like everybody knows each other. But all of a sudden, I saw a review of this movie and they said, author of that review said the same thing. All of a sudden she has amnesia and nobody can tell her 
or say to her that you're you're Jack Wagner's daughter. You know what I mean? It's like for some reason nobody else knows who she is now. She doesn't know who she is, but neither does nobody else, which is kind of uh-huh. obviously crazy. But anyway, for the movie, it was okay. Now, meanwhile, they're in they're mm-hmm. in they're in the mountains uh skiing and her boyfriend gets kind of it's like a side, almost like a side movie to the movie. He gets, um, he's lost in the woods. So that's why he's not there to help figure out what happened to her. He's like in the, in the woods with this guy, he meets up with this guy that's fishing and they're trying to get out of there. And it's almost, it reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you guys watch the Sopranos, but it almost reminded me of Michael Imperioli and, uh, and Walnuts guy over there. Paul, Paul Walnuts. Paulie Walnuts. When they're in the woods and they, they had to get Green out of there. Is that, that the name of the episode? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. That's like oh, when yeah. the, best scene yes it kind of reminded me of that they had their little little movie outside of the movie and that was very funny uh this george young did a good job and the other actor i forgot his name but he did a good job and and so that part when they went to those two guys was was very good that's why i'm trying to say it was it was a very good movie back to Lindsay lohan now she gets found in the woods by that guy that i told you about earlier that oh he's he was in glee by the way chat uh Cord Overstreet. It's got a kind of a weird name. Uh, his <laughs> name was Jake, and he was he was in Glee. That's his fame. This was his uh, first rom com movie as well. By the way, he finds her in the woods. Now he's the owner of this kind of lower end uh, resort. He takes her back to the resort again. Everybody in that resort knows who she is, but for some reason they don't know who she is, which is crazy. But she stays there, helps him run his resort while she's trying to figure out who she is. And uh, obviously love ensues. She falls in love with this guy, you know, obviously. And there's some really good skiing scenes in it and stuff like that. The production on this thing is amazing. I mean, it was a lot of money. It's a very well put together produced film sue probably knows all about that oh and by the way i got a question for sue there's a scene in the car where uh lindsey lohan and uh this jake guy they're screwing around with the radio and uh all out of love comes on by the air supply air supply yeah Mm -hmm. for, for about 12 seconds maybe 10 seconds if that did they pay big money for that, Sue? Or oh, they would have to have. Okay, you know, even ten seconds like that. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's it's you you know you it's it's more money the more that it's on on you know in the show or yeah. in the movie. But even for ten seconds, you have to pay. Well, maybe that's why they didn't have the budget to play it more than. Well, they did have the budget, <laughs> but I, obviously you got ten seconds. Go. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, the ending. You know, it, it's they have a big. Christmas uh, uh, fundraiser for this resort. Uh, Jack Wagner's uh, comes to this party, obviously sees his daughter. They've been looking at her for four days. This, this whole movie happens in about five days. You know, everybody, it's like one of those scenes where everybody almost like Christmas story or, or Christmas vacation where everybody's in the scene at the end. There's this big party. They're doing a big fundraiser. Jack Wagner's there. Everybody's there. Notices Lindsay Lohan. It's just one of those feel good movies. I don't want to say the whole thing. I feel like I'm telling the whole movie, but it was. For and it's only rom- been three minutes. I know. It, for these rom com <laughs> movies, it was very good. I swear to God. I will. It's number two on Netflix right now on the top 10. It's getting a lot of views. It's getting a lot of plays. Uh, Lindsay Lohan might have might have had a little comeback here. I mean, she's oh. she's very, very good in it. I thought her acting was good. I thought she, her self deprecating scenes were good. Obviously, she had some great crying scenes where she was good. She was. Uh-huh. Romantic in it. She was funny in it. 
So anyway, I liked it. I mean, as far as these Christmas movies goes, I know they can get really, really bland. They had some good characters in it, and the ending was good. It had good music in it. I'd give it a thumbs up, man. i give it forced four four tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yeah. 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 All right, so Sally, I have, I have a question for you that I actually had a big <laughs> I know I ran through this. it so quickly, but what, anyway. <laughs> here's, here's my question. One fail so- quick, Sal. <laughs> All right, Sal D'Amelio bringing it home, falling for Christmas. On our YouTube channel, we have lots of rom-com suggestions from Sal D'Amelio just waiting for you. This episode, chock full of Christmas suggestions, falling for Christmas, Green Book, and of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's a lot for you to do. You got the whole holiday week to do it. Grab your favorite spot on the couch, light the fire, grab the remote, snuggle up by your tree, whatever your traditions are, do them up, cross your own streams, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.